0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. School's back in session, and with that, lunches, after-school snacks, breakfast options, sports and activities. Oh, and then you actually have to think and take care of yourself. But if you think you have that covered, now let's throw in the approaching cooler weather, colds, flus, anxiety, and stress of the schedules. And I know at this point I'd rather just stay in bed. We are crossing off a few things on the checklist today, from snacks and meal prep to essential oils for sleep, stress, and focus, as well as immune-boosting foods for the fall. So here's what's in store. Holistic nutritionist Lindsay Mustard is making a mark for herself on the health and wellness scene, providing women who are struggling with emotional eating and self-confidence to help them craft the body and life of their dreams, but it actually comes with serious passion and some experience. It wasn't an easy road for Lindsay as well. A hockey player for 15 years, she struggled with an eating disorder and image dysmorphia for five years. Currently wrapping up her studies to become an osteopathic practitioner, she's looking to emphasize reaching optimal health with whole foods, exercise, yoga, and essential oils. And you can actually also find her hosting her own podcast called The Healthy Essentials Podcast. So welcome to this podcast. Welcome to Living Your Life with Leanne Lang, the podcast brought to you by Extension Marketing. And for more information, you can always head to extensionmarketing.com. Lindsay, pleasure to have you here. Thank you for having me. I should have mentioned too, I've interviewed you on TV and for CTV Morning Live, so we go back a little bit. Yep. Um, And I remember being
1: at the event for Natural Food Pantry and you were the host and I remember seeing, seeing you at the uh, stage and introducing everyone. I was like, she is made for TV and broadcasting and podcast recording. So you are just uh, a, like a shining light.
0: Thank you. I think what's interesting is, you know, when I, I've hosted like, you know, hundreds of thousands of events, I think over the yeah. last 20 years, you know, people are always calling me. They're like, okay, we'll get you a script, you know, we'll have it to you by this. And I'm just yeah. like, honestly, if you hand me the script as I'm heading <laughs> onto the <this> stage, <laughs> yep. it'll be fine. I like that part. But usually just because I'm passionate about it, right? When I'm at like a national food pantry mm-hmm. and I'm introducing, people like you and the people that are in the audience are really there to learn it kind of makes it that much easier. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you have a, an,
1: an audience that is so attentive mm-hmm. and they're engaged. And I think that's one of the biggest things and the best part about your job is you get to meet so
0: many people and interview so many experts too. So it, you get to learn, but so does everyone else. Oh my God. And through this podcast, let me tell you uh, how much I've learned and <laughs> how many little things that I'm, I've am i shifted. And I think what I really love though is when I meet people or people are writing in or listening to a podcast and saying this is changing how I'm thinking or how I'm doing things. Yeah. So that's the that's the message. That's the information yeah. we definitely want to pass on today. And I think with you, because we actually met like a couple months ago, right? Mm-hmm. And you're incredibly young and ambitious. <laughs> and we were kind of having this conversation and I'm like, Lindsay, I'm like, enjoy this. Enjoy yeah. this. It's like you are yeah. so gung ho, like want to have everything done. It's like, hey, I know, I know.
1: 22nd birthday coming up. But at the same time, I still have goals. Uh, but yes, everyone tells me the same thing. Well, it's
0: because it freaked <laughs> out. Because I, not that you look it, but like, because you've done so much already, I just thought you were, you know approaching 30. So I, <laughs> I hope this is good for for a lot of the millennials or for the younger mm-hmm. generation that's listening is the type of information that you were soaking in at a much younger age and try, yeah. trying to share. Can I go back to this younger age? Because mm-hmm. I think as we're going to head into all the things that you're doing right, there were a lot of things that you've done wrong, yeah, uh, and had not maybe intentionally meant to do that. So you were a hockey, a competitive hockey player. Yes, I played hockey for oh, fifteen
1: years or so. Uh, a couple of which were competitive, but for the most part, I played with the same group of girls for a solid ten years. Came some really close friends. Uh, now one of them is my photographer, so it's great that we still get to stay in contact. And then a bunch of them I still see in Kitchener when I'm back home for school. Uh, I played hockey competitively. I loved it. Um, and then I also played a bunch of sports in high school, and that was. The best part about being in high school is you could play all of the mm-hmm. sports, and there is some sort of rotation or some season to them. Uh, but hockey was my go-to sport, and I, I loved it. And it was more of the community that I loved, but also being a little bit competitive.
0: So I loved the the higher levels. <laughs> so you're playing, and mm-hmm. I, you know, and, and I know the life of of hockey players, right? Like mm-hmm. you're playing a ton, and so I'm wondering, in all of that, I mean, especially when you're talking with athletes and needing energy and fuel and proper yeah. food, and and especially talking about the fact that you've been with these players and these friends of yours for a long period of time. How did kind of the eating and the not eating properly. How did, how did it kind of trickle into, to to life? Yeah. Um, so
1: originally it started when I was, uh, I attended a very small high school, uh, that ran from grades about six to 12 or so. And there was about 300 kids in the school and it was extremely small. And I found that over time, uh, it, it wasn't the best fit for me. Uh, the reason why I started developing some eating disorder tendencies was because I got bullied in that small school. So part of the problem was i was developing it out of this sense of like perfectionism and i still struggle with it today so a friend of mine was vegetarian and then my head went to well i'm going to be vegan and all i would eat for lunch was like some watermelon or some pineapple and then it dwindled down to I'm eating like a couple berries for breakfast a couple rice like crackers for lunch and then dinner was carrots and mustard so that happened, Uh, in hockey, it was, my parents didn't really pick up on the signs until they could see me that I was winded, um, that I couldn't keep up on the ice and that I was just becoming a worser player. They're like, what's going on? So ended up not being able to play hockey just from like a health perspective. Um, and then had to take about six months off at least just from being on the ice. And then I went from playing every sport at high school to not playing any, um, and then switched high schools in the end.
0: Oh, like, I'm just like sitting here, I'm I'm devastated for Mm -hmm. you, you know? what age, what are the ages that we're looking at? I went, I went
1: vegan at the age of about 14, 15 around there. And I stayed at it for about four, four years and then vegetarian for five. And, uh,
0: it was my way of hiding my eating, eating story. Sorry. So you would just be able to say to people, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm vegan. Mm-hmm. I can't eat that. Oh, yeah. I'm not, and so it worked perfectly because I got out of eating any
1: food at any event because I was vegan. And because back then there's so many more options nowadays, mm-hmm. most people are sensitive to gluten or dairy. And, uh, a lot of things have been veganized, but they don't label them that way. It's just dairy free. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was able to get out of a lot of stuff that
0: way. And it was a a quick and easy exit. What, you know, when you reflect back and you talk to your parents about the situation and how you hit it or how you were starting to lose energy, you know, and you weren't able to keep up with everything. Like, do they say we should have, or I, you know, when you talk about it now, where the signs were for them so that we have parents listening or we have kids listening, like where, where are you, where should they have gotten involved or could they have? I think it's really tough because, uh, one of the things I want to do is interview my mom
1: on the podcast about what it was like for her when I was going through my eating disorder. And I think it's really tough because the boat that they're in is they think that they're doing something wrong, but it's not. And I have the most incredible parents and a supportive brother. We might not get along very well, mm-hmm. but he was actually the one that brought it up to their attention. Um, when we were eating dinner one night and one thing that I would always do uh, back in high school, I still had a food Instagram account. I would always make these beautiful porridge recipes and pictures, but I would always serve it to my dad. So I would never eat any of it. And I would always cook dinner. I would do lots of the groceries because I was a complete control freak. And that was my way of controlling what came in the house. So I think for that, my mom was like, oh, OK, I, I probably should have, you know, taken more like taken more of the groceries away from her and, you know, done the grocery shopping so that we could have normal food in the house. I eventually went raw vegan and
0: they Oh, my did God, your family is kind <laughs> of going, <laughs> what's happening here?
1: Yeah. Well, like three watermelons on the counter. And they're like, what the heck? Um, and that was just for me. Um, but I think a big thing for them was when we were sitting down at the, din- uh, the dining table one night and uh, they were all eating, I think it was a stir fry that I made with almond butter and tamari. And I was sitting at the end eating like broccoli, carrots and yellow mustard. And my brother just like got up and just started like yelling. He's like, she's starving herself. And, and then I think he stormed upstairs or, or there's a huge fight blew up, or maybe I stormed upstairs. I know, I don't know. But, um, that was kind of the distinctive point. And then I remember later that evening, cause I was super upset. Uh, my mom came into my room and I guess she saw me uh, getting changed, but she saw me from the back and she could see every bone. And that's when I think she just started crying. She's like, something has to change. Um, uh, but it wasn't until there was that, that tipping point And it, I also had to come at it from the perspective of I'm ready to change. And I think it's really hard, especially too, when we are working with naturopaths and they're like, you need to take her out of the kitchen. And my mom's like, she would lose it. Like she, she needs to know. So it was more of, we have to work together, but my parents were just the, the best cheerleaders, the best support team. Um, and they also align me with the best practitioners to help me with. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm in the field is because I want to help girls who are also struggling with the same, like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm
0: tearing up here, right? Like
1: <laughs> I was so proud too. Cause that's the first time that I've been able to get through without a hiccup
0: or tearing up a little bit. Yeah. I can't look at
1: you right now. Oh my God.
0: Well, <laughs> I know like I get Like, I think I got like emotional just because I don't know, maybe because I look at it from my mother's perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, like for her to see you for that first time, like what what you had done, you know, it's different to be able to see you on the ice, not having the energy or being winded, but to be, have the visual of what you had, what you had done. And so where was the start of the recovery then, or the acceptance that, Things had shifted, and you had gone from this healthy kind of eating all this stuff to you know I, I get the moving schools and mm-hmm. to kind of get a fresh start. Like this was all kind of like starting a checklist of how do we get you better?
1: Yeah. Um, So essentially, I I like, agreed. To- you're a really tall girl. Like <laughs> a house, Like I was. Were you- um, I'm five nine, five ten around there, and I was about uh, ninety seven pounds. So I was there was not much to me. Um, so to give you an example, I now weigh 150 and I've lost and look so healthy. <laughs> thank you. Um, but I've, I've lost and gained probably close to, to 70 pounds cause I was tipping the scales. I, well, I didn't tell you this. Um, I've been on both ends of the spectrum. So I went from eating nothing to eating everything and I've lost and gained over 70 pounds,
0: uh, between the two.
1: Yeah. So there's both, both ends. We'll get into it.
0: <laughs> yeah. But and and, I, I think why, too, there's been so many women drawn to you and drawn to the work that you're doing because you come at it from having experienced it. Yeah. On both both sides, and so the tipping point to go back to your original question, um,
1: the tipping point for that was I, everything that I did was on my own terms in that sense. And I know it sounds weird, but my parents knew that in order for me to take the steps, it was I had to be comfortable with it. But I also had to be kind of pushed outside my boundary a bit in that sense. But I still felt like I had control, and that's a big thing. I find that a lot of people who struggle with eating disorders they're very Type A personalities and they love to be in control of things, and especially if things are spiraling out of bounds. So being in high school, um, like getting bullied and transitioning to a school that had over 2000 kids. I felt like I was nobody and it was beautiful because I didn't have to worry about who said water, what gospel was floating around the school that day. Um, but I also knew that I needed to approach it from a healthier perspective. So, you know, starting to incorporate more whole foods in general and someone that I idolized was a holistic nutritionist. And I met with her it was for my, I think, 17th birthday. My mom sent me to Toronto with my dad, and I got to have a session with her. And I remember filling out the food log, and that was when I started doing raw vegan. She's like, well, you know, bananas are healthy, but maybe not eight of them for breakfast, because I did a frozen banana ice cream. And so the part of the recovery was working with a nutritionist, but also my naturopath, and uh, she, I love her.
0: What was the difference that you got from the nutritionist and from the naturopath? Like-
1: naturopath was a little bit more medical um, based in the sense of we were testing my blood. Um, I do distinctly remember, and this was when you were like, what, what was the tipping point for you? Um, I've seen my dad cry three times. The first was when my dog died. Second was when his mom died. And the third was when we were sitting in the office. My so to give you a brief un- really a brief background, my naturopath is golden. I love her. Her name's Kim Brett. She's in Waterloo. She came to my high school graduation because I walked across the stage because they didn't know if I was going to, to get there or not. Um, and then she also attended the appointment with my medical doctor for a physical. And my dad was all thrown in the room. And I knew the tipping point for me was when both of them were sitting there teary-eyed. And uh, they're at the point where they're like, you're either going to have organ failure or you're going to an inpatient center or you need to make the steps to recover. And uh, that was the tipping point, but working with her, we were able to get blood levels back, and I was deficient in everything. And um, I, in my head, I was so proud because she's like, "You shouldn't be walking or operating or functioning at all right now." And I was like, "Look at me go, like superstar!" Right? Um, but she was, uh, she's been one of my best friends, and now I'm working with her uh, to work on a project of hers. But she was,
0: she facilitated it, and she was oh, amazing. Okay, so. I'm sitting looking at you, a very vibrant, beautiful young woman. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm thinking, you know, 97 pounds at almost six feet. Mm-hmm. And them concerned that you might not walk the stage. Yeah. What would have happened had there not been at the time these people or this information available to work? Like, I'm looking at you going, I don't know if you would have survived.
1: Yeah. Um, so the entire entire way through, I was working with a uh, psychotherapist, and I still talk with her once a month because psychotherapists are incredible. Um, but it was either I go to Homewood, and I brought up the idea. And if you're not familiar with Homewood, it's essentially an inpatient center, and uh, it's. It's not the best, This um, is one of the reasons why I want to create my own in the future. And that's a passion project, um, but it's essentially an inpatient center and it's not realistic. So it's not a setting or an environment that you're going to be exposed to on a daily basis. So you're avoiding all of your triggers. So if your triggers are friends at school, if it's at your home, if it's, you know, seeing certain pictures or magazines or things on social media, you have no exposure to that. And so it's not a realistic setting to expose yourself or an environment to be around because it's not going to be what you are transitioning back into in the future. So it was either that or um, it was my recovery on my own. And I chose the second option because the last thing I wanted to do was to give up being around my friends or um, having a social life of any
0: kind. But it was, yeah, it was one or two options. When was it? Can you give us kind of dates? So when was tipping point and then how how long would you say that you feel like you are in a healthy mindset Uh, and because I don't think anyone had not known you would look at what you post and how you create recipes and how you really talk about this whole aspect of eating and realize how how far back the
1: so my eating disorder started in grade 10 Uh, I graduated high school from or four years ago five four years, four and a half years ago. Um, and so back in grade 10, so six years, um, and then tipping point for me to recover, I switched high schools and that was probably about six, six, seven months later. Um, and then full recovery, I would say I've probably been in the healthiest mindset for the last two years. Um, and a lot of people are like, well, that's, that's not very long for you to be giving advice or coaching or anything along those lines. But I think for me, it's more the experience because unless you've been through it, I'm like, I have done, I don't know if you're allowed to swear, so I won't, but you're more than welcome at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you have no idea how much shit I have gone through for the last six years. Like I can definitely do this full time and I can, I can coach and help others, even though I haven't been recovered for 10, 20 years, because you know, the triggers back then are different from what you're going to be experiencing nowadays. And I think, another thing or another reason why people are attracted to working with me, especially if they struggle with emotional eating is because I'm close to their age and it's relatable, but I, it's also implementable and realistic tools that I give them that they can take, uh, take with them. Are you working with with a younger demographic right now? Yeah. Um, a lot of my clients are anywhere between the ages of 20 to maybe 45 or so. And I'm actually picking up more that are on the younger side. And it's surprising the number of them who come to me and they have emotional eating disorders, binge eating disorders. Um, we're working with uh, Biggest Loser in Ottawa at the moment, and the group that we're running is about 20 participants, and uh, a lot of them are, you know, 200 plus pounds, uh, 300, 400, and collectively as a group, they've lost over 450, close to 500 pounds in the last 12 weeks. It's not the that's not what I think um, the rate in which people should be losing weight, but again, depending on your build and your size. Um, but one of the contestants brought up to me she's like, there's a, there's a mindset component that needs to be included. And it's, you know, why do I feel like I need to be 300, 400 pounds in order to feel safe in my body? And she said that, and I was like, that's so true because you're essentially just creating this protective environment and there's this bubble where you can't get hurt and you know, people can't see you. So you're almost just like wearing a mask or a cloak. And, uh, she said it beautifully and it, it sparked a, sparked an interest. And I definitely want to, uh, to work
0: around that. When you refer to emotional mm. eating, mm. what are you referring to?
1: Oh, just eating, not because you're hungry, like not because you're physically hungry. You have that warming sensation in your stomach or you can start to hear it growl or you find that your energy is just low and that's when you need to eat. It's more, I'm going to do this to busy myself. I'm going to do this to be productive. Uh, a lot of people work and eat at the same time. A lot of people eat because they're sad or because they're happy. There's no real definitive uh, term to, you know, eating outside of when you're hungry. It's just emotional eating is you eat for pretty much every emotion.
0: And what did you see? Because you talk about uh, image dysmorphia. Yeah. What were you seeing?
1: So a big struggle for, for me was when I switched high schools, I was still at the, the little 97 pounder. Um, and I would hide in the dress pants and I would hide in the oversized sweaters. But as I gained more weight, I couldn't do the button up on my pants. I couldn't do the zipper up. And for me, that was first off a daily reminder of, in my head, and it's not what it is now. But, um, back then I was like, I'm fat I've, I've gained so much weight. You know, this is disgusting. And I think one of my friends too, um, I was getting up from the chair and she's like, Oh my gosh, your fly's down. And I was like, Oh no way. <laughs> but secretly I'm like, I can't do my pants up. Um, and that's just because it didn't fit me at the time. It wasn't, I wasn't healthy by any means. Um, but wait, what was the question again? <laughs> because what you saw yourself. Oh yes. Yes. Um, for me, I would just, I would always go back to the picture of, um, of when my mom saw me and my, in my head, that was when I was the proudest of myself because that was when I was the tiniest. And, you know, I loved having like a massive thigh gap. I don't have a thigh gap anymore. Um, and things like that, just being so tiny because that's what I would see on Instagram. And I'm like, Oh, if I look like a model, if I look like this, I will be loved. And I'm like, Nope,
0: didn't work. (laughs) So there's lots of elements to it, but I'm not going to hit on the Instagram, mm-hmm. social media. I I want to be able to have people walk away with really good, useful information. Yeah. So we just saying, stop following those yes. people and try not to, be you know, draw attention to that. So as you're coming out of this and you're studying and you're mm-hmm. working with a naturopath and you're working with a nutritionist... What are now when you deal with women and stuff, what are, would you say were the key components to feeling food coming into your body and fueling you and making you feel good? Yeah. That's exactly where we start is fueling. And I, t- I tell them that
1: over and over again. And I think the biggest thing was when people come to me and they're looking to lose weight, that's their number one goal. I always ask the why, I'm like, why do you need to lose weight? They're like, well, you know, I want to fit into my pants. And I'm like, okay, why do you want to fit into your pants? And they're like, well, cause I rocked them in high school. I'm like, why do you want to fit into your pants in high school? And they're like, well, I attracted my husband. I was super sexy. You know, like he was in love with me then. And I feel like we've lost the spark. I'm like, okay, so you want to lose weight. Cause you think that it's going to make your husband fall back in love with you again. And I'm like, no, So you will lose weight. That's an extra bonus of it. But part of what we cultivate is more confidence in themselves and, um, yeah, more confidence and self-esteem. And we do that by creating a, like a life that they love to live. And that's, we look at their morning routine. We look at what self-care practices they have. We look at what foods they are eating on a daily basis that might be sucking the energy out of them so that they have more to give back to their family, their friends in their life, in their work. Um, but a big thing that I look at is when I have a client come on board, like, what are your favorite foods to eat? And then I'm like, okay, great. It's my job to come up with recipes for you based off your favorite foods that your family also likes eating. So there's no FOMO. There's no fear of missing out, but you also don't have the mindset of it's deprivation and elimination. It's you get to eat all of your favorite foods. These just taste way better.
0: You get to eat them more often, but they also give you a lot more energy and they're good for you. Okay. Well, someone can't come to you and say, I really like eating cake, fast food, uh, and a Mars bar, you know? Okay. How, how are you taking that and making, you know, that recipe from there? So where's the, where's the groundwork? Where are the, are there rules? Yes. So a lot of the time when people come on they're like, okay, so cake, for example, I
1: made a two minute keto mug cake and that was in the microwave. Perfect. I'm like, great. That's your substitute. And we'll play around with other options or, you know, I'll get them to make some healthy bars or some like breakfast cookies or peanut butter cookies, but they're free of refined sugar. Um, if it's burgers, I'm like, okay, great. We're going to do a bunless turkey burger with a little bit of brie cheese, something along those lines, right. To get them into it. And then the last one was fast food. Um, I made with that, I actually gave you a bag in your little loop bag um, is the cauliflower crackers. I crumbled those up into a breadcrumb consistency, rolled chicken in them. So did an egg wash, rolled them in, and I baked them, and I had chicken fingers. So my that's my way of getting creative, and I made a, a honey mustard sauce with local honey, and that was I don't know my way of replacing ha- fast food. But if they have kids, it's not okay. We're going to have this kale patty. It's we're still going to have something that looks like it, but it's going to be a lot better for us.
0: So. <laughs> right now, you've just kind of gone. As soon as you said the kale patty or something, yeah. I just like I had a whole bunch of people that just went, "And we're you yeah. know, okay, let's let's figure out how to go from here." This podcast is brought to you by Extension Marketing. They are a new breed of marketing agency that acts as your virtual marketing department, designing and implementing cost-effective marketing strategies that will grow your business. I can speak to this personally as I've been using the Extension Marketing team to help me launch and grow my business. Founder Pat Whalen has been a lifesaver for me, a genuine coach guiding me along the way into uncharted territory. Tell them you're a friend of the show and receive a free one-hour consultation. Check them out at extensionmarketing.com. Okay, so let's go into the work that you're doing, that we're doing now, yeah, if we can, so that people can kind of make a checklist, go through things, and also understand that you're coming at it from, I know that you're craving this. Mm-hmm. I know that you're wanting this. And I know that the end results is something completely different. Yeah. So... What for you are the main things? I know you're very big on whole foods. Yes. Um, so why, wh- where for you there is let's start there.
1: The staple. Um, so I always look at in terms of when someone comes in with their food log, uh, what are they eating on a most, on the most consistent basis? So are they eating the same thing over and over again? Um, is there a type of food that they're loving, whether it be smoothies, they just do a different bunch of varieties or if every day it's a salad, I try to find recipes that match that, but they're whole food based. So being whole food based is first off, you increase the amount of food volume that you're eating so that you can trigger leptin and leptin is essentially, um, your appetite suppressing hormone. So anytime that you are, for example, if you're having a handful of just candy by itself, uh, you're not going to have an adequate amount of leptin to tell you that you're you're full to stop eating versus if you eat a, a massive kale salad and you get maybe like two thirds of the way through your body's like, I think we've had enough. Thank you so much kind of thing. And you can put it down. So I always look at in terms of what foods are they eating? What foods do I need to incorporate back into their diet? So lots of healthy whole fats, because people are still scared to eat fat, even though there's been numerous studies published about the benefits of whole healthy fats. And we're talking like the good anti-inflammatories. So replacing that so that they don't have to eat every one or two hours, they can go four or five hours without having, you know, an energy crash or a mood change things along those lines. But whole foods is the easiest way for me to start because I tell them single ingredient foods, you know, items that don't have ingredient lists of their own. And, you know, if you need to create, there's, there's wholesome uh, snack options that are on the market nowadays, but you don't have to go. And grab fruit roll-ups for the kids or gushers, I forget what they're called, Anyhow, but fruit gushers or something along those lines, um, I always just try to find them um, in the most wholesome, uh, close to nature or their original
0: form as possible, and then turn them into some fun recipes that will get kids excited. Okay, so you're you're at that point. So I'm going to ask you then right now, mm-hmm. okay, because I just made my first lunch okay, awesome. <laughs> today as the kids left for school, yeah. right? And I'm thinking, okay, this is day one <laughs> and we've got another 300 yes. <laughs> of these to go. Yes. Where do you think is the is the first start for changing the snacks or giving them the types of snacks that are going to sustain them through school uh, into their activities, mm-hmm. after school activities, that kind of thing?
1: Yeah. So I start with the trio. So protein, carbs, and fats. And you've probably heard it before. But um, protein, so again, coming from all different plant sources, you can get some from nuts and seeds. Uh, pumpkin seeds especially are a great source of uh, plant-based protein, and it's school-friendly. Uh, same with sunflower seeds. You can also sneak in some protein powder to the kids as well. Um, So that's your first source is the protein. Uh, Second source can be the fat. So again, you can get that through the nuts or the seeds um, or coconut is a great option as well. And then the third one is carbs and carbs. I typically will put it in the form of some like dried fruit um, or even like fresh fruit if I'm making a banana bread It'd be like a banana bread uh, cake or something a banana bread loaf or muffins. Um, But that's that trio that's going to keep them full for a number of hours. If it's just carbs that they're having, say, it's a a whole banana, they're going to be hungry an hour later. Um, Versus if it's a tablespoon or two of almond butter or peanut butter, they're going to be satiated for a few more just because uh, fats are more calorically dense than carbs, but they also take longer to metabolize. So your body can stay full for a number of hours without crashing um, and wanting its next sugar high.
0: If I... I just don't think a bag of like sunflower seeds or pumpkin seeds thrown yeah. into a baggie is going to be appealing. Are you seasoning? Are you doing Sorry, things to be? Yeah, you like, know, because I'm like yeah. I'm listening, and I'm like, okay, that's that's great, but yeah. Um, so one of the things that I make, I am known for my
1: protein balls. Uh, anytime that I go to school, I always bring them, and my friends are. So amazing Guinea pigs. They will tell me if they do not like a flavor, but what I've been trying to do is experiment a lot more with school friendly recipes. So pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds, uh, hemp hearts, and a little bit of coconut. So essentially what I do is I always put a base of one cup of seeds in my food processor. And blend it until you get like a fine consistency. Add a cup of dates and then blend that in a scoop of protein powder, and that's my base for all of my balls. And then from there, you can play around with whatever flavors you like. So sometimes I add orange, and they're more like an orange um, or a lemon, a bit of lemon juice. Uh, sometimes I add cacao powder and some sea salt, or a nut butter if I'm not taking them to school, and then a tablespoon or two of water, and it binds beautifully. And I roll them into balls, and that's kind of my base. So I keep the the dates, the nuts and, or nuts or seeds and the bit of protein powder and water. And then I can essentially flavor it whatever way I want. And if I do a mega batch of that, I can freeze them. And I have a freezer full of energy bites that I can pull from and rotate through. Um, the other way that I like to do it is. I remember back in school, one of the things that people loved was cookies and they were essentially these thin cookies that they would pull right out from the oven, not even cooked. They were still semi raw and scoop. So I try to make healthy variations of cookies. So whether those be like tahini chocolate chip, or I can do an almond flour cookie, more of like a paleo or a keto type.
0: I always like to do those and freeze them, keep them in a the container. And then I can just draw from them. So, okay. So you're listing how much I, I'm going to assume a lot of these recipes and I've seen on your on your website lentilmaster.com yeah. like there's a ton of recipes that are there. Yeah. So these are just kind of giving people ideas yes. as to how they're kind of going to be able to to create this. And and right now we're kind of just thinking snacks mm. and kids uh, but honestly I'm thinking people taking these to the office and finding <laughs> yeah. that that protein bar that kind of, you know, that boost that they're that they're actually looking for. So for you is it Basic meals? Is it snacking throughout the day? Like, where do you find that that healthy balance?
1: So it's different for everyone. So to go back to your point about recipes, my uh, my goal is the less ingredients, the better, um, and it should be one bowl wonders, or you should be able to make it in ten or fifteen minutes or less. That's my goal. So if someone's like, "Oh my gosh, it's too many ingredients or too much to do," I simplify it. Trust me, it doesn't take too long. But when it comes to snacking or eating bigger meals throughout the day. I find for me that because I'm not home for most of the mornings, I like to eat like a bigger lunch and a bigger dinner. And then I go to bed. I also do most of my studying in the morning. So I will have a bulletproof coffee keeps me running for six hours or so. And then I'll have lunch when I get back. Um, but I find that it, it all depends on the person. I have some clients who wake up. First thing to do is exercise and to get them to wait six hours, deep breakfast is not happening. So And always, I, like I said, when they bring in their food log, I'm always asking, what are your habits? Like, are you hungry first thing in the morning? or Are you hungry later on? Or, Or are you having breakfast because everyone else around you is. And so when I'm, when I'm at school, um, one of the things that I do is I rent an Airbnb with three other girls. And let me tell you, it is the coolest thing to see how everyone eats and how everyone with their routines and their habits I'm the only one in the host who doesn't have breakfast, but I'm also the only one who doesn't crash at school. And uh, even after hours of being manipulated and palpated and just people touching you, um, for those of you who don't know, I'm studying osteopathy. Yeah, I okay. to get into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the only one to not crash, and it's because I drink enough water. It's because I'm eating whole foods. And it's also because I know that I'm comprising my meals properly versus if someone is eating just because everyone else around them is having cereal with banana or berries and almond milk. It's great. You have just carbs. So I, I always look at it in terms of, are you eating because you're physically hungry or are you eating
0: because you think it's a cultural norm to mm-hmm. have breakfast? But there's so much emphasis on that breakfast is the most important meal. Special, well, right. for kids, for kids, for okay, sure. Okay, so because you have breakfast is the most important meal and then you have a ton of research going on about intermittent fasting and yep. you should try to be able to make it until you know noon. Yep. you know, So we are bombarded with so much different information and it really becomes down to what is your personal, what your body yeah. personally does better with
1: you're touching on so many good points. And I think that like you hear it all the time. So intermittent fasting, people who will eat for only eight hours a day. I've heard people doing four or one meal a day. like your digestion must love you. But then you also have people who are doing keto or paleo or whatever other diet that they want to list. And I always stem it back to the people who are coming to me, asking those questions about what diet they should do next are usually the ones who are not following some sort of plan or bouncing to and from, and they're not losing weight. If that's their main goal, they're not They're not getting the results because they're still trying to pick which one to follow. And I go back to what is the most consistent plan and what is the most realistic for you to follow? Be it paleo. Fantastic. Do you have to do intermittent fasting right now? No. Do you like eating breakfast? Great. Eat it. But I find that for people who are just, they're getting swept up in all of the commotion and all of the noise and intermittent fasting is great, but it's usually in phases two and three that I implement with my my clients because I need just to get them
0: eating Whole Foods first. It's not the way to start. Yeah. Is is what you're saying, right? If if you're looking to be able to start a new way, and I want to say a way of life, Mm -hmm. because I I don't like the word diet. Yes. Uh, Although I've understood, having done this podcast, that diet is really just a way of referencing the types of foods that are coming in, right? It's not, we always just assume that it's having to do with weight loss. Is that... It's not the way to start. It could eventually, depending on how your body reacts to how you're, you know, eating and and the patterns that you have in the exercise and what it's done. Then you would move on to the next. Yes,
1: exactly. So I think the biggest thing is first off, just getting your feet wet, trying it, right, being able to consistently make healthy breakfast, lunches, and dinners before you go jumping into the deep end and like deep diving. You're like, here we go, we're going to do intermittent fasting and keto, and that's it, no sugars or nothing. Um, so I think, yeah, you have to you have to transition, but. It's almost like not a graduation ceremony when they're with me, it's more of I just need to be able to see for three, four, five weeks consistently that they have meal prep, that they've been able to write their food down so I can at least see what they're logging. Um, Versus that they're like, oh, well, I've kind of been logging intermittently, but I want to try this intermittent fasting thing. I'm like, you're not there. You're not there. So matching it based off of, again, their habits, their routines, what's realistic for them and their families, based off of what foods that they're currently eating. And then from there, I'm like, okay, I think you're ready. And that's usually when they've also made a bit of progress on their goals and they're feeling better. They have more energy and then they can devote a bit more time and energy towards it.
0: When you talk about these girls that you're living with, right? Mm -hmm. And so when they see that you have consistent energy and aren't crashing and aren't doing Mm -hmm. these things, do they look over at what you're doing? Do they look over at what you're eating? Or are we so stuck in our ways and stubborn <laughs> that they're like, I'd rather crash and, you know, do something. I think it's, it's because of our habits. Yeah. Are so innate, right? We, it's difficult to break. So
1: one of the things we're learning right now in school is neurology and how thick, um, the myelin sheath on your neurons can get when you are repeating the habit over and over and over again. And if it's been like that for a number of years, it's not going to be one person, one time telling you to have a protein shake for breakfast or a smoothie that's going to break it. So I think it's interesting because if I think back to, um, so I, I get to be with them, but one week every month, and it's the most enlightening week of my life. Um, and some of them will do, uh, like toast for breakfast with maybe a bit of peanut butter, or some of them will do cereal, like shredded wheats with uh, banana and almond milk. Others will sometimes do a smoothie, like a fruit smoothie of some sort. And then there's me with like my little bulletproof coffee. So I usually get teased a lot. And I think it's funny because we made a lot of leeway over the last, I've been with them for about two years now. Um, and over the last little while I've had questions about protein powders or different shake mixes or greens powders, or what supplements to be taking. Um, a couple of them have tried some essential oils and then I have the diffuser going uh, intermittently. So I'm, I'm getting there. Um, but over time, they've they've asked a lot of questions and they'll ask for tips and advice. I'll give it to them. And then sometimes they implement it, sometimes not. Like a, a general tip was one of my friends loves watermelon, but for her lunch, she'll eat her pasta with sausage first then have her watermelon. I'm like, do it in the opposite order. Watermelon wanted just first right? It'd be super easy for you to, again, pass it and eliminate it. Melons, eat it alone or don't eat it at all. It takes 30 minutes or less to digest uh, sausage and pasta, definitely four or six hours. So you're just thinking about digestion elimination and not letting your watermelon or your food ferment on top. So that was the first tip because she was complaining about bloating and then lack of energy. Because after you eat a hearty meal like that, all of your blood's going to your, your, well, should be your stomach unless to your brain. So after lunch, I Mike I even when I'm at school, I don't do a massive lunch. I'll do a smoothie or I'll do some sort of bento box with some boiled eggs, some chicken and some snacks like uh, veggies and avocado and nuts and seeds to mix on or uh, munch on, but I'm not crashing. I'm good to go right after I finish lunch to sit in a two and a half hour lecture what is the osteopath? Like what are you, what, is osteopathy? what, yeah, what are you looking to do? Yeah. So it's uh, it's cool. But the first time I was introduced to it, I had no idea what it was. I was introduced to it by a yoga friend of mine and we were in Nicaragua. And I remember one of the girls was complaining, she's like, Oh my gosh, my back. Like I, I can't breathe. Like I'm, I feel stuck. And she, I guess she had a red and I remember my friend. She put her on the bed, and I watched her put her rib back into place. And then I had to do it on her. I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing, and feeling the rib move, and it made this like whoop sound when it tucked back into place. I'm like, that is so cool. You're literally shifting bones. But osteo, what we do is we work with all tissue types, so everything from muscular, skeletal to neurovascular. So if someone has a an issue with like blood flow. Um, the biggest thing for us is we're principles based. So we're not technique based. So if you come to me and your husband comes to me, you're both not going to be getting the same treatment, the same pop, the same crack, you two completely different bodies. You've carried babies. So two completely different bodies. But the big thing that we look for is you're working with all tissue types. So it's integrative, but it's a holistic approach that's painless. And it's the least invasive and intensive for your nervous system. So the less stimulus I have. So if I'm constantly say, for example, I'm constantly poking you on a certain muscle, you're going to get irritated really quickly. And it uh, essentially aggravates your nervous system. So I'm looking to do the most passive calm treatment. That's painless,
0: um, to ensure that your nervous system is like, why would someone go to an osteopath? Like what, like what are they suffering from? What are they hurting or anything? So
1: osteos are there.
0: And I'm not saying this because I'm
1: studying it. I'm saying it because from what I'm learning at school, I look at grads, like I'm, I'm like, you're brilliant. You're basically Einstein in my eyes. How the heck you learned how to do all of this is beyond me. Um, so anyone struggling with, a, it could be anything from, uh, like a joint issue. So, um, sore muscles, um, so chronic issues or acute could be anything from sleep, uh, could be anything from mood. So we work with all, all tissue types, um, but pretty much on all things on the body, except if you have like a gashed open wound don't come to us Um, but we also take it from a more preventative perspective too Um, so we have some parents who they they give birth and like the umbilical cord was wrapped around their child's throat and so they come to an osteo just to ensure that there is no damage um, done during the process of the delivery Um, i also have uh, clients and teachers of mine who they're treating babies who have trouble latching to their moms and they work on again all ages all body types but all tissue types and that's the biggest thing that makes them um, so unique. But they're just using your arms and your le- uh, your legs as levers. And that takes tissues on enough tension and resets the neurology of it. So it's it's really cool because you see fast changes. But you also see people get better really quickly, um, depending on what they have. And it's the hope that you deliver. You know, when, when you get them to retest, you're like, okay, rotate right, rotate to the left afterwards. And you're like, I can breathe.
0: And it, it didn't cause any pain. And that's the biggest thing for me. Hmm. So you're doing this you have yep. your holistic nutrition, you're doing your osteopath you know studies yep. and then at the same time what I've really seen that you do is look at what oils and mm-hmm. how oils are triggering different effects uh, within the body or the mindset with stress and anxiety uh, and sleep and so why has that been such an important part of what you've brought into the work that you're doing?
1: Yeah. So when I originally started, I always knew that I wanted to be in the health and wellness space. Uh, I just, I didn't want to do one thing and be super specific. So I I did the yoga first. I did the personal training and then the nutrition and like, there's still an element missing and it was the osteo, but then I had always wanted to be an aromatherapist and I'm writing my exam in October. Um, so that's very exciting, but I sat beside an aromatherapist on a train and for six hours I picked her brain. Her name's Bonnie. She has an aromatherapy uh, business in Guelph. And I love her, uh, but the aromatherapy, it works with your, um, essentially your olfactory nerve. And that's one of your cranial nerves. And that's how you can trigger, um, mood changes and releases. So it activates your limbic system, your emotional brain. So if you're feeling super sad, things like orange or lemon or bergamot, those oils can pick you up. If you're feeling a little bit tired, peppermint or spearmint or anything that's more of a stimulant can pick you up. Uh, frankincense great for immune support, great for focus. Uh, when I'm studying, I'm usually blending frankincense and could be anything like rosemary or balance oil and a bit of citrus oil to keep me uh, up and alert. And then I have the classic lavenders, Roman, uh, Roman chamomile, or even, um, I've also used a bunch of vetiver for sleep. So for me, it was more of, okay, if someone is in a ton of pain and I'm, I can't treat right now for osteo, so I'm assessing, but say I'm assessing and working on them. Um, Okay, great. They'll feel better, but it's still going to take me a number of treatments if it's something more chronic. But these are also oils that they can apply so that they feel better in the moment to get us through. But it's also a daily thing that I'm doing. So um, for me, I always have my, my morning and evening routines and oils are a huge part of them. And I've just found that having instant relief when you're bloated or having cramps is, it's magical, especially with peppermint.
0: Okay, so let's go through those because you listed them really, really fast. And like all the things that benefits, and I'm like, slow down. Okay, so let's go back. Okay. Um, Let's go back to mood Mm -hmm. and oils, and then we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. Is that good? Okay. So for you, what do I use? Or, no, not you. Let's go with (laughs) the general. Let's go general. Okay. Someone is not – why do you feel someone who's – um, sad, uh, feeling lonely, uh, feeling depressive, feeling blue, where do you start with your oils?
1: So anything citrus related, so orange, lemon, bergamot, tangerine, um, anything within that citrus family is going to be your best bet in terms of being a mood booster or elevating. Um, so great things that you can do is you can diffuse orange in your home. Uh, I usually make up a roller bottle, which has, uh, if it's a small one, so a 10 milliliter one, which is your standard one that you can see at most uh, aromatherapy places. Um, I usually put about 15 drops of orange in that and then fractionated coconut oil. It's nothing fancy. It's just coconut oil that's liquid year round. Um, So...
0: That's your best bet for blending and get them to apply that and get them to smell it. Okay. So are you applying? Are you diffusing? Are you cooking with like, what are you doing? Cause I do all of the above.
1: Okay. So diffusing, if you are a brand new beginner, who's new to essential oils, diffusing is the best way to go. Um, especially if you have kids or pets around and it's your very first time, just to make sure everyone likes the scent. Um, the second thing that I do is always apply. And the third thing that I will do is take them internally. So any citrus oils, like I just mentioned, great to add to your salad dressing Do a tablespoon of olive oil, tablespoon of uh, balsamic vinegar, add a drop or two of essential oil. So the uh, food grade, um, shake it, and then you can pour it over a salad. That's my go-to. Um, I've also used lemon and oregano for seasoning for chicken. So again, um, adding a little bit of olive oil and then some salt and pepper, and then adding the oils to it beautifully. Uh, and then what else do I do? Um, that, that would be the big one for orange. I've also used that
0: in my protein ball recipes. I've made a morning glory version with almonds, protein powder, and dates. And so what is the citrus from the lemon from the orange? What is that doing? What is it? Yeah. Is it clearing something? Is it breaking apart something like, yeah. What is it doing? So when I
1: was sitting in school and we started studying cranial nerves, as soon as they started listing the olfactory, which is the first cranial nerve that you have, that's picks up any scent good or bad. So when you smell garbage, typically the first thing that you'll do is like scrunch up your face and like, Oh, that's awful. You can do the same thing when it comes to oils or more uplifting scents. So essentially the very, very first thing that happens is when you smell an oil, whether you like it or not, you activate your olfactory nerve. And that essentially communicates with your limbic system. And that's your emotional brain. So if you're feeling very like blue or depressive, it helps to pick you up. But it also activates rather quickly. Essential oils are also incredible, especially if you're if you have a really high grade like high quality. Um, they their atomic mass unit or their actual particle size is less than eight hundred, and that's what's needed to cross the blood brain barrier. So that's why people are always rave about frankincense being like the gold um, of essential oils or what was gifted to baby Jesus in plant or resin form, not oil form, just to clarify. Um, But that's one of the reasons why they can be so effective is because they can actually penetrate through your skin. They can get into your bloodstream and then it's just circulating. So if you have a great heart and great blood flow, you're uh, bound to improve within, uh, it could be anywhere between like a couple minutes or 20. So why would someone take it, the frankincense? frankincense. So frankincense, if you haven't, uh, don't know anything about frankincense, it's actually from a tree. So when they have to harvest it, they have to scale the tree, scrape it all off, and then they have to hand sort the resins of it. So it looks almost like enlarged, um, salt that we're putting on the sidewalks, but more of like a goldy yellow color. Okay. Um, a fantastic for your immune system, but it's also great for memory and brain health. So a couple that I take is frankincense and then another one called DDR prime. Um, but that one essentially I just take under the tongue. And if you can take it under the tongue and let it sink into your actual like membranes or the capillaries in your mouth, it actually absorbs faster into your bloodstream versus if you were to take it in water
0: or capsule form. Why am I taking it though?
1: Why are you taking it? For memory, brain health. um, That's the biggest one is brain health, um, but also for focus too. So if you find that you're having, you're constantly getting sick. So every, I haven't gotten sick. I've given myself food poisoning twice in the last three years and that's all I've gotten sick. I had a bout of allergies this summer for the first time ever. And otherwise, I don't get sick. I don't get the flu. Um, and that's because I take immune-supporting oils, but also immune-supporting supplements. But yes, if you're finding you're getting sick every year and you're getting that common cold or you're getting something every every month or so, um, that's your biggest reason. Second is if you're having trouble focusing. So especially kids within, uh, kids from school, if they're coming home and they're having trouble winding down and just focusing and doing their homework, diffusing a bit of orange and frankincense or, uh, frankincense and rosemary and orange, a great blend to get them to calm down,
0: but to be able to settle, settle in. Okay. So you're at home. Kids are about to come home. Mm-hmm. Use the diffuser to start things off. Yep. Have the citrus or the oil and the frankincense yep. combined together, and and that's kind of the stimulus of when they walk in. Yep. It will respond right away. It sets the pace, and especially too if they're if they're working at the kitchen table and
1: you have the diffuser going, and they're around it for again if they're working for a couple hours or so, you should notice that they're they're quite calm. But the other thing too is um, oils. I I always I rave about them, but they're not the end all be all, the one hit wonder kind of right. thing. Also look in terms of what snacks that they're having right before they're coming home. So if they're loading up on sugar and then trying to study, it doesn't doesn't really go so well. But um, one thing I gave you was balance oil, and balance oil has uh, blue. sorry, blue spruce and blue fir. So it's a very grounding oil. Um, and I also gave you lime. So there's that. Well,
0: I haven't even looked into my giddy bag, <laughs> tried, but now at least I know. Okay. So what,
1: what are those being used for? Same thing. So again, balance is a bit more grounding. It's in our emotional line. Um, so this is doTERRA's this is uh, they have their serenity, which is more of a relaxing one. They have balance, which is more of a grounding one that I find that men like more. So I'm like, okay, thinking of the hubby, but also thinking about the kids. Um, and then the lime oil is the citrus component to it. So you have
0: Grounding but also a little bit of a sweet note to it. Okay. Well, I'm really, I'm quite excited. Plus you just mentioned doTERRA, which I want to say, um, they're, they're coming on the Awaken a Better You Wellness cruise. So they're actually on the cruise and we're going to have people actually being able to learn and make their sense and what appeals to them. So I'm I'm so excited that you just said that because (laughs) because I'm really excited that doTERRA is actually on the cruise and is going to be doing that for all of the guests that are on there. So that's, I'm so glad that's a great little combination there. It's interesting because one of the things that I do, um, for Jamie, my daughter is, um, she has trouble going to sleep like yeah. she's anxious going to sleep and so we started to use one that went we put it like a little line yep. right above her forehead and then right under is it the kids line um no it's i'm i should know this because i have it and i've used it every <laughs> single night for like a year and a half Serenity? Uh, um no it's i don't can you list a couple but and uh, we put it underneath her toes um, is it, a, it smells is it like a something volleyball? in the woods it's in the whatever? Oh, yeah. um sandalwood Stand, yeah, maybe Cedar that's wind. it. Yes, one of those. Okay, um, and then we put it underneath her big toe. Yes, and 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 now for her, it's like her ritual. Yes, like she will not go to bed without yeah. putting these on. And I don't know at some point if it's gotten that you know she feels feels good and it's become habit. But if for her, it, it just it seemed to be the the key to kind of relaxing a little Mm -hmm. bit.
1: And part of it for some people too, is, um, the oils are extremely beneficial, but it also sets a new routine and in their head, it's almost like when you, when you wake up, you have your morning routine, you know, you do a, B and C. It's kind of the same thing for, for night. So you're essentially priming your body to start to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. Um, and the other one I gave you is uh, on guard and that's your immune support for the girls, especially. Um, but you can put that, you can, um, put a drop in a bowl of water, cut an apple and soak the apple for a couple minutes. And because there's everything from cinnamon, um, there's also rosemary and a bit of tangerine in it. It's extremely immune supporting. um, So they can have cinnamon apples and you can put it with the sun butter I gave you too. Okay. So
0: I love (laughs) this little tip. Okay. So you take a bowl of water, take a bowl of water. You're dipping in, you're dropping in one, one drop per apple, per apple, per apple. Am I cutting the apple or am I literally just putting a
1: full apple in there? So just cut the apple and uh, core it. Okay. And just cut it into your slices and okay. then just soak it in the bowl of water for okay. five minutes at most. All right. And then drain the water out. And then I always like to um, drizzle some butter on or some of their crunchies on top, like uh, bee pollen is great, especially for a seasonal allergy boost. Um, and then you can also drizzle on like a bit of granola or coconut. And that's an easy snack that they can, they can have. And what has that added to the apple? Like what, what <laughs> am I giving them? So cinnamon and clove, those are two antibacterials, but they're also two that are known to support your immune system. Um, it's also really good for your gums. So great in that sense, cinnamon is also a blood sugar balancer. So it helps in terms of curbing cravings, but it's also uh, again it's adding like an element of sweetness without adding more sugar. So if you're doing a local apple, first off you're exposing them to everything that's local local pollination um, or seasonal uh, going around in the uh, environment. But also bee pollen, uh, a, su- a true superfood that most people don't know about. Uh, bee pollen, bee honey, they both have amino acids, they both have enzymes. They both have vitamins and minerals that are nutrient dense but also packed within that season in that environment. So you're essentially uh, exposing them to everything that's going around. So the likelihood of them catching on to something
0: that's being exposed to them for the first time is very rare. So it's a, it's so a the true type superfood. of apple that I'm choosing, especially yep. too, as we're going to be getting into apple picking <laughs> season soon, soon, the local apple. Local apples. Is actually helping. With immune boosting, because yeah. it's picking up what is, instead of purchasing the bagged apples that are coming from, from somewhere else, right? Yeah. So essentially, um, I actually, I interviewed one of my good friends,
1: Emily Breffa, and she's the owner of True Bees, and uh, she was the one that was teaching me a lot about bee pollen and honey. But essentially every third, I think it's one out of every three bites of food that we have, we can thank a honeybee for, because they're pollinating everything. So yes, um, I always tell people to support local. Um, first off, just because you're being exposed, especially if it's being grown in the ground, you're getting a good ex- exposure to healthy bacteria and likely less chemical and fertilizers, which is again, a godsend for your immune system. If you can avoid it um, and then pairing it with some other superfoods as well, it's just a great immune boosting,
0: um, tip or a hack that I have. Okay. So there's one thing to have local honey, mm-hmm. but how are you taking this bee pollen? Like, how is it coming? Especially since you said I, i <laughs> it over top of an apple. I'm yeah. like, okay, so what are you referring to?
1: I'm trying to figure out the best way to describe what bee pollen looks like, but it essentially looks like small granules, um, Oh, it looks like, where can you purchase it? You can get it at any health food store. Okay. Um, I strongly recommend if you're in the Ottawa area, get Truebees. Uh Honey, they're at Farm Boy and they're also at Natural Food Pantry in Cardish. But it almost looks like uh, pink Himalayan sea salts, but bright orange and yellow. Okay. I guess that's the best way to describe okay. it. Um, but essentially you just sprinkle it on. So it's all of the um, the actual pollen from the flower and from the bee. So it is your best bang for your buck. It's a true superfood. You can sprinkle it on anything. It doesn't taste like anything. It takes on whatever flavor you give it. My best tip is just to add it to a smoothie because the kids won't see it. Or you can sprinkle it on the smoothie for decorative purposes. And- okay. Okay.
0: Could you throw it into a salad? Yes. Are you throwing it into the chicken seasoning? All right. Um, like, can you cook with it? I would say keep it raw. Keep it um, raw. So, you sprinkle it on a salad. You can sprinkle it on your
1: chicken after you finish baking it if you want. But I typically tell people, you know, blend it. <clears throat> Sorry, blend it, add it to your chia seed pudding, add it on top of your oatmeal. And you really just need a tablespoon or sorry, a teaspoon
0: at most. So it's not a lot. And you talk about it as it being a superfood. True So for you, this, the bee pollen is immune boosting. Yes. That's, that is essentially what you're, what you're creating. So especially with
1: honey, um, honey is fantastic. It does have a lot of sugar. So you have about 16 grams of sugar per tablespoon. Um, it, I recommend it more than maple syrup just because again, it's your, it's everything seasonal and local that you're being exposed to, but it's also rich in enzymes. So digestive enzymes, if you're someone who struggles with bloating or indigestion or cramping. Right. Um, but it's also packed with, uh, enzymes We mentioned that already and vitamins and minerals. So in terms of in comparison to maple syrup, you get the sweetness and yes, it's Canadian, but from a nutrition standpoint, you're getting more from honey, especially if you can get it raw and unpasteurized, you want it to be in the purest state possible. Um, unpasteurized just means that it might be cream. So it might be a little bit thicker than you're used to, but honey doesn't have an expiry date. And that blew my mind. So even if it crystallized a little bit, you can heat it up just a touch, just so it's a little bit more, um, like, viscous mm-hmm. or, or uh, what's the word i like for, brunny. So you can spread it, but it doesn't go bad.
0: Uh, bee Although pollen- my kids, like, as soon as it starts to crust, it's like, <laughs> and then that's the end of, of the honey. So the bee pollen was one. We were kind mm-hmm. of going, swiping, like swapping between the bee pollen and the oils, and so... We kind of we hit on immune boosting. Yeah. Can you hit on really quickly because I'm looking at the time. Like the anxiety, sleep. What oils? What are we looking for yeah. there? And and the added kind of food aspect. So the one that I gave you,
1: balance, fantastic for anxiety. Putting it on the bottoms of their feet. The reason I tell people to apply to that area is because the the skin is the thinnest. So it doesn't have to penetrate through um, any like dermis in your skin. So there's no calluses it has to get through. It can be right into the bloodstream but it's also a great application point if they're going to school and there's a no scent policy because unless they're taking off their socks and their shoes, no one's really going to smell them. Other great application points, uh, wrists, temples, back of the neck, down the spine. Um, Those are great ones. And then you can take them internally, not the balance, but most other oils. Other ones that are great for anxiety, um, vetiver and cedarwood or sandalwood. Those are all very rooting grounding oils. Um, Vetiver is a bit more syrup-like consistency, so it's thick. I add it to my diffuser, I'll add it to the bottom of my feet before I go to bed. If you are trying to fall asleep, it'll help you with that. But if you're just looking to calm down, that's my go-to. The other big one for uh, anxiety is uh, lavender or serenity. And serenity I like because it's kid-friendly. It also has Roman chamomile in it. So if you've had Roman chamomile tea before you go to bed, great for winding down, but it's also just great for calming down and settling in. Uh, From a supplement standpoint, though, other great ones for anxiety, magnesium, especially before going to bed. Um, You can also put a little bit of magnesium in their water um, that they're drinking throughout the day. It's like a slow release. Um, And the other one that I like is L-theanine. So L-theanine, if you're in the Ottawa area, you've probably seen it from Pure Labs before. Uh, L-theanine is a derivative of green tea and it's an amino acid, but it is non sedative. So it, you won't be falling asleep or like dropping off when you're at work, nor will your kids be doing that at craft time. Uh, but they capsule everything in a, it's a, uh, it's, I think it's made out of birch and poplar tree, but it's a slow release formula. So oftentimes, people who take B vitamins, something for stress and anxiety, it will typically be excreted within 90 minutes or so because they're water-soluble. You pee them out. So unless you're taking things in a slow-release capsule, you're not getting a sustained release. It's just a quick in, quick out. So the slow-release capsule, what it does is it makes sure that the L-theanine trickles out over that six-hour window so your kids have an even level of um, like stress and, and mood, um, so that they're not jumping all over
0: the place. And have you had parents, you know, that are dealing with ADHD and with ADD and, yeah. and they try these oils and, you know, they sometimes it's like, okay, at last resort, what else yeah. is going to help? And, and they'll see a difference. Yeah. Um, the big, the big ones that I
1: recommend for kids first off is frankincense. And then just that little bit of citrus to, again, that add that element of sweet note. Um, but yes, and I, I couple it everything that I do when I work with kids who do struggle with ADHD, it's food first. These are all additional benefits. But I know that I bring them in early on because the parent who is really struggling to change what the kid is eating, because they don't want to eat anything besides chicken fingers and fries, even though we're still making tremendous strides this also is more instant relief and a bit of instant support to help them. So when the kid comes home from school and they're wired and they can't settle down, getting them to sit in front of the diffuser for five minutes, take a couple deep breaths in and out, and then getting them to start on their homework, right? Just giving a bit of routine to it. Uh, but also it's an extra edge for the parents to help them to get their kids to fall asleep. But it's also creating again, that that routine and that mentality of, Oh, I know when I put my oil on, I take a couple
0: deep breaths in, I instantly start to feel a bit calmer. Um, so it's a great tactic for the parents too. Mm, I love it. Where can people find more information on all, all of this? I mean, there's, there's, there's nutrition there's, you know, (laughs) there's a ton, there's the oils, you know, it's almost like sometimes it's like, okay, let's just try one. Mm -hmm. Let's not go overboard and try 10 different things that you've mentioned, but to just start with one simple step. Uh, so it's a tip that I have for people when they're just starting. Um,
1: Mm -hmm. I would say pick, so pick the plan that you're going to be most consistent with So whether you know that you need to make the most, um, improvement on the foods you're eating on a daily basis, start pick with wholesome foods. If you're already eating a really clean diet, okay. Clean up sleep, right? Are you not sleeping for, you know, maybe four or five hours the day, instead of getting your typical seven or eight, there's, again, there's an argument to be made about sleep and I'm not going to get into it. Um, but that could be the next one. And the third thing I always look for is like lifestyle, right? Who are you spending your time with? Um, what are you doing in your free time? Do you have self-care practices? And then what are the things that you're doing for you? Are you taking yourself out on dates? Are you going for, you know, a manicure things like that? So I'd say, start, start where you are, start with what you have. Um, and if you're looking for more Instagram is my main jam, um, at Lindsay mustard. And then on my website, I'm re-ven- I'm renovating how I'm working with clients right now. So, uh, the work with me page is a little bit of out of order. Uh, but now I'm implementing going to their house and meal prepping with them, um, for a couple hours or so, taking them grocery shopping and then working with them for a number of weeks.
0: Do you see your biggest accomplishment right now is the work that you've done on yourself? Or is it the work that you feel when you see similar women coming in and the work that you're doing with them? Can I say both? Absolutely. Um,
1: I said this to a friend of mine recently and uh, I I sat back for a second. I was like, you know, 90% of my clients that I finished working with are now my best friend. And uh, I see them every week and I absolutely love it. And what I love the most is getting to see them continue with every tool that I've taught them and everything that I've shared. And then having them come back like a year later and like, I, I'm still doing this or like, Oh man, I, I need to help me with my meal prep game again. Cause you know, mm-hmm. we were on point a, a year ago or so, but I think that's the biggest thing is because I know that I'm their biggest cheerleader cheerleader, and I will always support them in everything that they do, but getting to see them evolve, um, and getting to see the, the, like the spark of fire, that, that light that you reignite in them. Cause they have it. It's just, when they come to you, they don't realize how incredible they are and they, they play it down. They're like, Oh, well, you know, I'm feeling okay. Or, you know, I, I need to lose some weight. I'm like, you don't, you're perfect. Absolutely. Perfect but then you know that they're going to be the biggest cheerleader for someone else in their life. And I get to hear about how their family is now trying green smoothies and eating kale salads and how they convince their boyfriend to try um, like chicken curry that they healthified, right? Those, those things. And I think that's one of the most uh, important parts of our work. And I think that someone who goes into the health and wellness industry, it's not because they're looking to be a millionaire and to make like crazy amounts of money. It's not, it's more because you have that that passion to help others live a happier, healthier life and My goal is just to do that through giving them and uh, exposing myself to as many tools and
0: getting all the education that I need so I can be the all-in-one practitioner for them so they feel confident in coming. Okay, you talk about this confidence? What do you say now to the 15, 16-year-old girl that you once were?
1: Oh, that you're absolutely perfect and that you don't need to change a single thing. And that if you're starting to look out for, so looking on social media or out at anyone else in terms of who you need to be, you're off your own path. And so keep your eyes on your own track. And, uh, yeah, I would say that there's so much goodness coming your way and you have no idea, no idea.
0: This world is beautiful. That's great. I wish I could have seen you kind of have this back then and been at the sports and done everything that you were that you were meant to do with this healthy outlook and mind and body. Yeah. You know how strong you are now. But I think back to it. And I think that if I didn't go through it, I, I probably would be decorating cakes because
1: that's what I started with when I was younger. I had a uh, cake decorating business when I was 14. It's like some bride trusted me with her wedding cake. I'm <laughs> like, you were insane. But I, I think that now, and it's, I think it's one of the reasons why people see me and they're like, you, you don't act like a 21 year old. And it's because I, I feel like for what I've gone through, it's aged me a little bit in that sense, but it's also forced me to mature. And I, I found my path really quickly. Um, you know, most kids, my age are coming out of their undergrad program and they're like, what next? And I'm crystal clear on where my path is and what I want to do. And there's passion projects. And I think that's one of the reasons why I can like have conversations with you. Like you're incredible, but to sit down and to, to interview with you for a podcast, I'm like, I wouldn't have been able to do this. You know, um, if I hadn't gone through what I mm-hmm. had, cause I wouldn't have had a story to tell and I wouldn't have had anything to learn from. And I would be the same person who still struggled with the same same habits and the
0: same mindset if I didn't have to go through the hardships and to, to learn from them. Well, I think because you're so young, you've got generations uh, and decades of helping people ahead of you, which is re- yeah. which was really great to see. And, and you talk about that, right? I had done interviews with you and we'd had these conversations. And then when I realized just how much experience you'd had, but yet how... How young you were, yeah. you know. You kind of go, wow. This, there's a lot, there's a lot here. So, so nice to be able to talk with you again. <laughs> this is a problem that I'm coming into with this podcast now. It's like, okay, I think I'm going to need to extend it to two, <laughs> to two hours one of these days. But really appreciate you coming in, uh, LindsayMustard.com yep. If you're looking for more information, uh, Lindsay Mustard on Instagram mm-hmm. as well. And and trust me, if you go and look at the page, there's a ton of information. Beautiful photography, Thank you. Uh, making everyone seem, you know, everything look <laughs> delicious and seem delicious. And I. And also, uh, is where you mentioned yep. getting all of the oil. So go list the things that you're looking yep. for and be able to at least try. Just start with the diffuser. Yep. You know, <laughs> plug it in. It steams up the room, and, it, and it's a really nice way to go. I really appreciate it. And appreciate everyone who's listening and who's subscribing and who's sharing and who's liking and is letting people know uh, that Living Your Life with Landline is out there. Thank you so much to all of you, and I really appreciate the support. Have a great day. We'll see you back here again.